0: Hello and welcome to Inside Marine, a podcast dedicated to the stories and insights of business leaders from across the marine industry, specifically the super yacht, leisure marine, commercial marine and maritime sectors. Inside Marine is powered by Marine Resources, a leading shore-based recruitment company specialising specifically within these sectors. I'm James Ward, the CEO and founder of Marine Resources and your host here at Inside Marine. It's fantastic to hear these stories and insights, and I'm very excited to be able to share them with you today. Hello, and welcome to another episode of Inside Marine. This week, I'm going to be talking to an internationally renowned publishing professional who has been working in the leisure marine media industry for close to 30 years in one of the most prominent brands there is in B2B media It gives me great pleasure to this week be chatting to Philip Pereira, the commercial director of IBI Magazine. Hi there, Philip. Hi, good morning, James really really great to have you on now philip we were just chatting a second ago and and of course you know you're very very used to being on this side of the uh, the questions and uh, so in in one way that makes me very nervous you know uh, you know you're a very very experienced interviewer uh, but equally i know this is going to be uh, a, an interesting experience for you to to be on the other side Yes, I mean, it's,
1: um, it's an unusual position for me to be in, to be honest, but um, I'm looking forward to it because it's, uh, it's not something that happens every day
0: absolutely well look you you are uh have been in the industry for for a long time now we were just talking right back to 1994 when you when you started working within the marine industry so i'm really really excited to go right back to the beginning this is what we do with our with our guests and and tell us you know how and why the marine industry how did it get started well
1: i think looking back i mean i'm uh, i was born and brought up in gibraltar um so I was born in 1963, and the, the border with Spain was closed in, um, I think it was 1969, uh, just a bit of background. So um, living in Gibraltar, you were, you were probably more or less five minutes away from water, basically. It's a very tiny place, as most people know. Uh, anyway, so ended up coming to the UK to university with a language degree. Um, didn't really know what, was go- what I was going to do. But uh, I got involved in um, Haymarket Publishing as a graduate trainee back in 88 uh, uh, and started working with them. Uh, and then, obviously, I wanted to use my languages in, in the publishing world. Uh, luckily, uh, Haymarket had a, a wine and spirit business-to-business magazine, which was international, uh, and so quite a bit of travel quite early on. Uh, it was very exciting. And uh, Then from there, I saw an ad in the Guardian on a Monday, which was usually tends to be the the media the media day. Uh, if I was interested in working in publishing in Spain, um, thinking it would be Barcelona or Madrid, but as it happened, it was in Marbella. <laughs> so yeah. ended up quite close to Jim, uh, uh, unwittingly. Um, but anyway, so I spent there a year and a half, then came back to the UK uh, and got a. a, a, a a corporate job with IIR which uh, had exhibitions and magazines, um, but then in 1994, which is when I first started in marine, um, I, I followed a, a lead and I I got interviewed by by Nick Hopkinson in in 94, uh, and that's when I started my my commercial role with International Boat Industry IBI.
0: Fantastic, and. You know, um, and and haven't moved on since. But you know, what tell tell us what 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 did IBI look like back back then? Um, wow, that's a good question. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I
1: mean we were based we were when I started. We were owned by United Newspapers, um, sort of big 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 publishing conglomerate, and we were part of a small group of, uh, of magazines. Uh, we were based in Croydon. Um, and uh, it was obviously there were no no computers basically, and uh, and uh, but the magazine had already been in existence uh, since 1968, so it was well established. Uh, uh, Nick obviously had had owned the magazine before, and he was a sort of a publishing director, um, and there already a, a number of sales agents in other countries, very well established, working with IBI. And I started literally in uh, uh, in October '94, um, and um, my son was born on the third of my first. son was born on the third of November, um, and he was due to be born just at the time of Met's trade in Amsterdam in the middle of November. So, luckily, he came early, uh, which meant that I could go to the first first Met trade show, which obviously is very very crucial and very important to IBI and the, the marine equipment industry worldwide. Um, it was, uh, yes, because of the lack of uh, uh, digitization, um, all the uh, artwork had to be sent by courier from all the different countries. So that would take a long time. It was quite a, quite a jigsaw to put together basically as a, as a publication a sort of a eight issues a year or six issues a year. There was no website, there was no email newsletter. Um, uh, but there's a lot of traveling because there was the, the personal contact was obviously very, very important. Uh, so there was a legacy of that. And we attended lots of exhibition boat shows around the world, exhibited at Mets Trade, uh, you know, from the U.S. to Australia, Singapore, uh, China, Taiwan, um, most European countries over the years, obviously not not in the first year, but just throughout throughout the first say 10 15 years since I started um so literally it was all sort of ma- ma- mainly communication by phone uh, by fax by personal contact at that time yeah
0: yeah fantastic and um and, and obviously, you know the the publishing industry in general, kind of over the o, o, over the years, you know, has transformed, um, you know, uh, in so many huge ways. And 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 how did you guys really, you know, stay on top of that? I mean, and and actually, one thing we've always seen with IBI is you know always been a real leader in 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 how people how you're sort of sending out the media how people are receiving it and um just tell us a bit about that that journey of sort of evolution over the years
1: yeah i mean it, it basically obviously started with just print i mean it literally sending sending the magazines from the uk to you know over probably 100 countries um people who were waiting to to receive their copies you know in australia the states europe so obviously, they all had different times of receiving the magazine, depending on on the postal service. Um, and obviously, as things developed, and uh, uh, we were able to to start producing the magazine digitally, uh, that that was a as a major transformation in the way we delivered, the speed of delivery, the interactivity of the the publication, the increase in subscribers, because obviously. Um, you know, More and more people want to receive uh, the content in their, on their phone or on a their, on their laptop or a desktop. Um, and that's really you know, shot up our, our circulation, our readership. Then the, the other thing that we, we got into very quickly was the idea of uh, producing a, a newsletter, an industry newsletter that reflected everything that was happening in the marine leisure industry w- worldwide. So we had to have a set of, uh, obviously, respected journalists in, in the major markets, uh, and we sort of set that up, uh, you know, as we went along. Um, and then we had a big debate internally as to what would be the right frequency for this newsletter, you know, from, you know, weekly, um, monthly, uh, and then someone said daily. And I thought, wow, you know, how do, we, how do we do this, you know, how do we do this? And uh, I mean, there were some examples of that already in the states. Um, so we weren't we weren't the first ones, but uh, as it happened, as we started it, uh, you know, we were getting stories from all over all over the world, Corresponds and our own generated stories. Uh, and very quickly, it became obvious that more and more people were aware of the newsletter than than the actual magazine uh, yeah. at that time, because it was much more uh, spread out, uh, and obviously it was a constant reminder in people's inboxes that IBI was a source of uh, authoritative stories and news in the marine leisure industry worldwide. So not only was it effective as a a way of transmitting information, but it was also uh, subliminally reminding all these subscribers that IBI was their source of data and information in the marine leisure industry.
0: Yeah, absolutely. I mean and how important do you think that if you kind of translate that into i suppose just sort of general business and you know and 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 marketing and that importance of that kind of little and often very regular sort yeah. of input out there i mean how important was that to you in the ongoing success of of, of IBI and, well, it was, and
1: it was it was totally instrumental in the in the sort of continued penetration of the brand in the in the worldwide industry because, uh, you know, if you think about it before, it was maybe six editions a year in print or maybe eight. I think we went up to 10 once. But uh, so that you can't really do news very well without sort of frequency of delivery. It needs to be much, much faster. It needs to be, you know, daily, basically, uh, and instant. Mm-hmm. And if uh, a news breaks, we now do news flashes at whatever time of the day, um, then it's goes into the website as well so it was very 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 important
0: yeah absolutely and i kind of over that over the years obviously publishing and media has has changed um uh, you know a lot in, in general of course in this industry but yeah, being in the media you you've experienced um such a wide part of the industry itself and i'm really interested to kind of get a a view on how you've seen the industry maybe change or evolve really from right back at the beginning and, you know, over the years.
1: Yes. I mean, obviously, you know, I was new to the industry really when I started, I, I was, I was obviously publishing background, but not Marine leisure background. So the first, obviously at the beginning, it was all about um, seeing the the main boat builders, who they were, where they were from, what type of businesses they were, um, what type of people were involved. uh, And also at the same time, simultaneously looking at the supply chain um, side of it, you know, the the equipment manufacturers who were particularly interested in export activity, because that's where, obviously that's where IBI sort of works really well. And that's IBI's USP is helping helping equipment manufacturers essentially, and maybe boat show organizers Communicate with uh, and, and persuade, and communicate with either boat builders or the aftermarket distributors. Um, so yeah, I mean it was uh, it's evolved in many ways uh, from the equipment side. You know, uh, companies have become much more sophisticated in, in how they market, um, in terms of uh, their communication by by social media, by even the way they present themselves at events, how they build up their presence at events. Uh, which are very important, and then the follow-up. Uh, also, I think as younger people are coming into the industry, uh, it's quite interesting in, in some markets, like, for example, Italy, where you know, it's a very well-established, obviously, boat-building market, but equally on the equipment side. You know, you, you go to Mets and, and you go to the Italian pavilion. In a normal Metz, you probably have about 200 um, Italian equipment manufacturers. A lot of them are small to medium-sized companies, a lot of them are family run businesses um, and sort of second generation uh, marketing focused people. Uh, so the parents maybe, or the father or the mother, sort of, you know, started the business uh, years ago. And then you have these sort of bilingual, uh, market savvy uh, people involved and understanding IBI, understanding from a B2B perspective how they can really add value to their brands internationally. Uh, so yeah, it's evolved a lot in terms of how companies communicate. Definitely. Yeah. Definitely.
0: I think the, the leisure marine industry, it's really interesting to say that is I, I suppose it has a perception that it is a very, you know, sort of cottage, sort of family run mm. businesses, and like that like you just said. H- however, the other thing that you just highlighted was really, really interesting is that that maybe in the kind of next generation of people coming into it are much more uh maybe. Business savvy, commercially aware, more professional skills in business coming into the industry—is that what do you see? That
1: absolutely, absolutely. I mean, you know, there are obviously still you know sort of older people involved, maybe in the ultimate decision-making process, maybe as CEOs or managing directors, Uh, but you know they're being fed um, you know stories and information and ideas, I guess from from people who work, who specialize in, in communication and marketing. Uh, and those are the people that generally from a commercial side, you know, I, I've been involved with mainly, um, you know, sort of uh, trying to buy, get them their buy-in into how, you know, digital and print and events uh, can help their business, basically. So that's definitely changing. Over the last 10 years, particularly, it's been a, a big move into more, more, you uh, more sort of strategic uh, marketing, uh, more planning, uh, more budget, emphasis on budget rather than ad hoc. Uh, you know, people are really using those, those, uh, those strategies more, I think.
0: Yeah, absolutely. One of the things that's really stood out over, over the years you know, with, with IBI is, is the partnerships that you have. You know, and certainly to name certainly Mets and you, you've already you already mentioned it. Always been a, such an important partnership for for you uh, and of course for them. Tell us a bit about how that kind of came about and how's that evolved over the years.
1: That's a really really good question, actually. Um, I mean, obviously, it, uh, IBI has been the official magazine for for Met, or so Met's trade, as they, they like to refer to it. Uh, since the beginning, you know, 32 years ago, so it was long before I was involved. So, okay. Uh, so I, I, you know, I'm not taking any credit for that. Uh, there are a few other people who do, and uh, but uh, essentially, you know, when I first went there uh, in '94, uh, it really sort of hit me hard that uh, one, you know, the people exhibiting there are completely an IBI. Advertiser, subscriber, audience. There's a there's an amazing synergy between trade and IBI. Mm-hmm. Um, they are also looking to attract boat builders to visit to visit the exhibition to source products or to, you know to contact equipment right? which is exactly what we're doing uh, in magazine format in digital format. Uh, so the relationship was um, you know symbiotic really. They they benefited from our uh, exposure. They still continue to to benefit from our exposure, and obviously we we benefit from being involved directly as as an official magazine. Um, and uh, and it's it's grown. Uh, the show obviously since the beginning has grown dramatically. Um, you know, I think the first few years maybe there might have been eighty, hundred companies, um, um, and now in twenty nineteen before COVID, I think the, the total number was something like sixteen hundred exhibitors. With something like 17 country pavilions. Um, and then, you know, we uh, uh, launched with them the, the Boat Builder Awards back in, in 20, 2015. Um, and we help each other a lot, basically. And we publish the official catalog for the show. We publish the Met Straight Daily News, which happens in three different editions for the day. Uh, we collaborate in um, on site. Uh, um, demonstrations and presentations from our editorial department. Um, so it's a very, very strong uh, and powerful relationship that we have.
0: Yeah. So seeing the business evolve and the industry evolve over over that, that period of time, you know, and, and the business, be- you know, going, you've been instrumental in the business becoming successful kind of media brand that it is now. I mean, over the years, you know, what, what's the, the, the thing that you're most proud of and, you know, uh, sort of uh, o- over the years of the journey so far?
1: Uh, I guess in many ways, it's uh, getting our... We have a, a network of about six, at the moment, six uh, uh, sales representatives in, in key markets around the world. Uh, we used to have more, and then we sort of re- realigned a little bit. But in many ways, it's just uh, sort of working with these people who have their own businesses, but are specialists in their own markets, uh, and and getting them to thrive and to develop their business, which in turn helps our business because they're contributing uh, sort of advertising and sponsorship into our brand. Uh, they're servicing their clients on behalf of us. So when you know, I go to an exhibition or a show somewhere in the world, and I'm introduced to a, an Italian company that you know I've never met before, but our, our, our agents have brought into the magazine, and they tell me how beneficial it's been for their business, and how mm-hmm. they've found new distributors or they've found new business from OEMs in other countries. And you think, you know, they, you know, not that I I wasn't sure it would work, but you know, hearing that sort of feedback and not just in one country, but in in you know, multiple countries, uh, is the most sort of rewarding part of the job, really. You know, that it actually, you know, if it's done carefully and strategically and timely, it can make an enormous difference to someone's business, um, wherever they might be. And that's the most rewarding part of the job.
0: Absolutely. And, um, and what's maybe some of the, I suppose, the sort of important lessons if you like that 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 you've learned along the way or really what the industry can learn you know from from the past that that's important mm-hmm. to you uh
1: you, got, you, you mean what i have learned the, the most from
0: the from my time or yeah well i just think um yeah I- exactly just some really important lessons that, that the industry can can take forward that that have come from either success over the years or what you what you've seen.
1: Well, I think you know, I, I, you know, I remember sort of a client um, based in New Zealand, so you know, quite quite a long long way away from from mainland Europe. Uh, you know, they started the the, the process of uh, communicating to the the B two B the business of uh, business marine environment and uh, starting quite small. Uh, but they were very clever to to also capitalize on on public relations PR, um, uh, also presence at events. Um, it all worked together, uh, building relationships with IBI, with our journalists, with the commercial team, uh, taking on advice from us in terms of how to improve their their branding, their presence, um, to the point where this company. Um, developed very well getting distributors in different countries and then we're taken over by a massive conglomerate and now both brands are, are active advertisers and sponsors across print digital events uh, Mets trade great relationships different people have been involved but the the legacy and the and the, the relationship has has matured. Um, I won't name the company but it, it's it's a real story. Uh, yeah. Of success starting from very small beginnings. Um, mm-hmm. Because obviously, I think with IBI, a lot of our client base, um, you know, there are lots of small to medium sized companies. Um, and sometimes maybe they might think, you know, it's only the big companies that can succeed. Um, and so our, our challenge is to, you know, convince them that actually that's not the case. Yeah.
0: Yeah. And actually, of course, those big companies were once. Small companies.
1: Yeah. You know. Yeah. So it's that journey. That journey. Yeah. Journey for you know an equipment manufacturer who is taking the first steps to increase their business by export activity. Yeah. And they come on a journey, they are on their own journey of uh you know where to exhibit, where what contacts they make, but also alongside IBI as well.
0: Yeah, absolutely. So we're at a stage in this industry and and the industry itself has gone through like the rest of the world, challenging and tricky, but but right now, you know, extremely busy times. And I'm interested to get, you know, just bringing it more to the present day now, your take on the kind of current state of the market, you know, what, what, what do you see?
1: Yeah, I mean, it's... Uh... You know, you look at a market like, because obviously when you say market, I'm looking at, I guess, different markets around the world. But an example, the U.S. market, uh, yeah. it's always the biggest market in the world for boating, uh, you know, all over different, different sub-markets around the States. Yeah. Uh, you, know, and the, you know, the COVID situation injected an amount of uh, energy and, and drive into the, the, the sales of boats, which was astronomical, really from everything we hear back from uh, our clients over there uh, and the trade association which you know we are close to as well and so that obviously created a, a real boom boom because voting was really presented as a safe as a safe activity to do when you know people are walking around with masks in, in town um, and you know they and uh, that's been one of the biggest biggest things i've seen yeah. and not just in the us but in other countries as well at another level uh, but definitely, in the US has been spectacular. And now the challenge for the trade association over there, as they keep referring to, is to make sure they can keep all those new boaters, um, you know, interested in boating and make it as easy as possible for them to to navigate and to learn and to keep that that growth. Because obviously, um, there's other opportunities to spend their their leisure dollar in other, obviously, lots of other activities like. You know RV or you know caravanning or other sports, so that that real boost in in boat sales has been you know very important. I think.
0: Yeah, and of course we've seen that you know around around the globe, including in the UK as well. And yeah. you know something that I talk to the guests about quite a lot is you, you know how do we maintain that? You know we've got that that newfound interest in in many areas in in boating. Um, yeah. you know, how do we ensure we, we keep that going, continue to get the new people into the industry, but also maintain the, 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 the these people that have, that have kind of got into it in the last couple of years. Mm. Um, and are we doing enough as an industry to do that? You know, that, that you see.
1: Well, it's interesting because, uh, in June this year, um, we went to the, the annual, uh, ICOMIA uh, international council of marine industries association and IFBSO the, the the trade umbrella association for all the boat shows at, at an event a congress in in Gothenburg uh, and obviously this is this was a hot topic basically uh, amongst trade associations and boat show organizers because they all they all benefit from having obviously having new boaters around the world so you have a mix of ideas and feedback from the main countries and uh, I guess they they all have different strategies. They're slightly different strategies, uh, and and it is you know a strategy is needed. I think and um, an investment as well, um, you know, to, to sort of keep the communication uh, to to voters through their own through social media, through uh, events, through media uh, about the continuous continuous value of the experience. Mm-hmm. So it's not about selling the boat; it's about selling the experience. I think, mm-hmm. uh, and you keep hearing that theme from uh, trade associations and boat show organizers. Now, you know, we, I'm in touch with lots of different boat show organizers from around the world. Um, you know, speaking recently to the organizer of the Barcelona boat show, and you know, they're reformatting the event, which is going to happen in at the end of next month, to make sure that people see the value of the boating experience, which could be to go to some other, other uh, island and experience something new in a restaurant somewhere else. So it's not just about simply boating, but where you go with it, how you live it, how you can entertain, and, and all the toys that can come with it, um, and the value of that, and the safety of it, and the exclusivity of it. and, and all. So it's the experience rather than the boat, I think.
0: Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. So, what's happening with with you right now, and 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 the business?
1: Well, I mean, uh, you know, we've we uh, the magazine has been, uh, as I said, it started in 1968. It's, it's had lo- quite a few different owners uh, in terms of publishing companies, I've, I've bought IBI and, and individual owners as well, uh, and. Uh, as it happens, uh, in 2017, um, three colleagues and I um, did a management buyout from um, Time Inc., which is an American a big publishing conglomerate. Um, so we we basically carried on publishing uh, without a break in the production, which was quite an achievement, uh, and uh, we kept the same journalists, uh, correspondents uh, along, and uh, and five years on. Um, we we were approached by Boat International Media Group, um, who basically uh, have uh, bought the brand, and we're now part of the, the Boat International Media Group, who are absolute specialists and leaders in the in the super yacht arena in terms of media, uh, print, digital, events, um, events all over the world with uh, very prestigious. Uh, uh, World Super Yacht Awards every year, uh, Super Yacht Design Awards, um, smaller um, owners' clubs, super yacht owners getting together in different countries at different times of the year. Um, so we fit in. Obviously, with our speciality is, uh, and our, our focus is on, on production boat building below 24 meters, essentially. Mm-hmm. Uh, there is a bit of an overlap with some, some boat builders who do go bigger but essentially it's production boat build building uh, and and boat international is really everything above 24 meters so there's a very good fit in terms of now the group offers you know the, the whole scope really which is great and we've uh, sort of started really in earnest in january this year uh, and uh, and we're you know learning quite a bit of each other uh, they have obviously other small res- resources in terms of uh, events and digital and design, uh, which is already helping helping IBI in a big way. We've already changed the, the format of our daily newsletter. Uh, it's a lot more mobile responsive now. Uh, our readers, our subscribers love it. The advertisers also love it because we change the format of the banners. And there's more. There's more. More. More to come. Basically. Yeah. Yeah. Exciting times.
0: Yeah. It sounds it. It sounds it. Another, another exciting chapter in the, in the sort of the journey of, of of IBI. Yeah. I'm really interested to get um, a feel for what, what is it about this particular industry that I suppose has kept you in it for, for so long?
1: Yeah. Another good question. Uh, I, I think it, it boils down to, I mean, I I love the the publishing world and how it's evolved. Uh, so that's the first point, uh, and the use of uh, different uh, delivery methods, obviously, with the with the email, uh, podcasts, uh, events, uh, magazines, newsletters. i I've always been very interested in in media anyway, uh, but the leisure marine leisure industry. Uh, I mean, ultimately, we mustn't forget that it's a, it's a leisure industry. Mm. Uh, because I've worked in, in commercial um, before, in, in cargo handling and, and containerization, which is very, very interesting, very international. But it lacked the sort of the, the more, maybe sometimes more informal aspects of it. Um, you know, I like the idea of building relationships with people who also happen to be passionate about voting. Uh, and passionate about their business and passionate about uh, the internationalization of their business and that's and i love travel i mean i've, I've always been a traveler so uh, to be able to combine travel uh you know you know being all over the place representing Ibi uh, and understanding different cultures how how they work uh, how they, how they want to do business, and you know, as you know, you know, there's some major disparities, major differences between you know doing business in Japan, doing business in China, doing business in Germany, doing business in the UK, in the US, and it's that awareness of how to become a, I guess, a business chameleon when it comes to to tackling um, different cultures. Yeah, and I love that. Yeah. I mean, that's why that's why I, I, I've I've kept at it because it's very rewarding. Um, And we've had different owners. So there've been different cultures, company cultures as well. So it's never been the same. It's always been, it's always changing. And now we're into another phase uh, as well. So yeah, keeps me on my toes.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And of course the business is set. The business is exciting at the moment. You know, you're working with new new owners and, you know, I'm sure the business is going to continue to evolve. Yeah. But just in general, in the, in the leisure marine industry, what, what do you see right now that's, that's really exciting? You know, what, what trends uh, are, are you seeing which, which, is, which is really exciting?
1: I think the, the most important one, I think, for me, is the, this whole emphasis on sustainability and net zero. You know, I mean, I read, actually, yesterday, I read on the IBI daily email newsletter that Met Trade announced their keynote speaker Mm-hmm. Uh, for the breakfast briefing that, that starts the the whole mess trade show on the Tuesday morning. Uh, and it's a chap who is basically a pioneer in hybrid and electric uh, aviation. Uh, and very successful, uh, and from the US. And he's basically going to give a, a presentation about the uh, cross-fertilization with boating and that's be that'll be the keynote speech at the at the beginning of the trade show in Amsterdam and we've seen uh you know a plethora of uh, companies from all over the world getting into that space you know from um little outboard engines to inboard engines um uh, you know and from china from germany from austria from the us uh, in fact we had a we have a new. We have a new client uh, from the US who's exhibiting for the first time in in Amsterdam, and they've been involved in electric engines for, I think it's a hundred years. Wow! Yeah, <laughs> in the States, and it's a, yeah. an amazing story. Um, yeah. And uh, they'll be there, and they're a customer of IBI now. They just started, um, okay. and they want to rank up their presence outside of the US. Yeah. Yeah. So that's one of them, uh, mm. sustainability. The other thing which is really important, I think is is the whole issue of connectivity on the boat.
0: Okay Yeah because
1: you know the more and more you know everything is is connected um, as you know and uh, from lighting to audio to uh, uh, surveying the, the different um, you know bilge pumps, the engine, everything connected and obviously from a, from a phone, you can control almost everything, and um, that's been a real, a real surge in in technology. I think over the last five or six years, uh, you know, a lot of our equipment suppliers working together in parallel with the boat builder to, mm. to you know to work together and and make it as seamless as possible. I think that's the main thing. Obviously, at the end, making it as easy as and comfortable as possible for the boater to mm. to control the boat in every aspect. That's really important. Also, quite important, I think, is the whole idea of shared ownership in terms of, okay. uh, you know, the the new the new psyche with younger people of not actually owning something but you know using it when you want to. Uh, yeah. you know, it's massive, quite big in the US, quite big in other countries. Now, I think that, you know, in terms of, uh, I think boat builders, that's quite important that they, they they see the value of that. Um uh, mm. so that's important. Um uh, yeah, and then just the whole issue of keeping boaters, new boaters uh, involved, basically. Yeah, yeah,
0: absolutely. There's a lot there's a lot in that, isn't there? And you know, we definitely see obviously the sustainability side of the industry is, is hugely important, but the technology advances as well. Have you ever seen a time where just look at the technology side, I suppose, that where there's so much technology advancement than there is right now. Yeah. And what does that mean for the industry in terms of evolving, but also bringing new people and new businesses and a new product into the industry?
1: Yeah, I mean, it does feel that there's a, there's a sort of an acceleration of, mm-hmm. uh, of the, the importance of technology, in um, in boating, particularly in in the power sector, I think, yeah. you know, and you know, if you look at you know, you look at the super yacht sector uh, as well, uh, where it seems that it's sort of the sort of uh, you know, they have you know the engineers and the designers have tend to have more more liberty, more freedom to to incorporate you know new technology, and it, I guess it sort of filters down to maybe production boat builders as well. Uh, but you know the super yacht industry is is uh, is just almost like the showcase in terms of new technology and how you know uh, and that, how that evolves. Uh, but I guess you know there's the still a the still an element of people who like boating for for the pleasure of uh, of simplicity as well mm-hmm. and for the pleasure of uh, of being in tune with nature um, and how you combine that. Um, you know there are different markets. Uh, I mean, I guess, you know, Sweden, for example, which uh, is, you know, probably has one of the highest per capita boat ownership in the world because all the archipelagos that they have on on both the West and the East Coast, Um, you know, um, they have a particular type of boat that they use to go to their, to their, their summer houses in the islands. And maybe, I don't know, I mean, I might be totally wrong, but maybe less... Less sophisticated in terms of technology yeah. because it's more traditional, maybe. Mm. Uh, but then you, know, you go to other places in, you know, I guess in in Italy and uh, and in France, and there's it, more more technological use uh, on the boat. So it does depend on on the market, but generally, I think mm. you know, it, there is. We see it in the, our clients who are constantly updating their, their you know, their electronics mm. uh, that they offer. Uh, whether it's navigation or, or just general general electronics on the boat, uh, which is good for our business because obviously they have more excuse to promote, more excuse this whole idea of introducing new products on a on a yearly basis. Uh, mm. It's very much product driven industry, I think.
0: Mm. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I think the industry is, you know, going into the future. It's hugely exciting, and you know, we we look forward to how companies continue to evolve and the technology evolves. And, and of course, how, you know, IBI continues to evolve, evolve in its next chapter. So it's been brilliant to hear a bit about, you know, the journey, you, you know, your journey uh, through the industry over the years. And obviously with, with IBI as well, we'd like to finish on one final question, uh, Philip, with, with all our guests. And, and that is, if you were to give one piece of advice to somebody considering coming into the, the leisure marine industry or, or who have just started in the leisure marine industry, what would that piece of advice be?
1: I have a feeling you might ask me this.
0: <laughs>
1: <laughs> yes, I mean, uh, I mean there are a few things, but if you just want one, one major piece of advice, maybe is, uh, I guess, absorb as much product and business information that the industry offers uh, and in all ways by face-to-face, uh, virtually now, uh, in print, in digital, networking, to really listen and listen and listen because I think one of, the, one of the mistakes a lot of people make when it comes to presenting to other to other customers is that the, the notion of talking a lot but, you know, really, especially when you're starting to really, you know, absorb and listen and open-ended questions that will give you feedback and information about their product and their business and maybe their aspirations. And if you've got those three elements, then you can then consult and, and advise, obviously, much, much better without having to throw everything uh, on the table. Um, so it's about listening, absorbing uh, and 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 being honest and truthful uh, and having a lot of integrity because uh, yeah, at the end of the day, it, although it's a worldwide industry, people do move around, and uh, mm-hmm. the number of times that I've had a contact that's you know we've been strong with one client and then they move to another company abroad or even in the same country, and you can pick up the relationship again, and and it's happened a lot actually, yeah, yeah. Absolutely. So absorb, absorb, and and be and be, be truthful.
0: Yeah, absolutely. No, some really really great advice there and I really like the the kind of less is more approach to to talking when you're first meeting potential customers and and really listening and understanding them. I think that's fantastic. Well, look, Philip, it's been brilliant talking to you and unfortunately we have to bring it to an end, but it'll be fantastic to, to get you back uh, at some point to tell us how uh, things are progressing, um, you know, with, with, with the new, uh, with, in the new form with, with Boat International. And uh, I wish you all, all, all the luck with that. And I know you're coming into a busy time with, with all the shows. Um, so we'll, we'll catch up soon. and And thanks again for your time coming to join us on Inside Marine today.
1: It was a pleasure. Thank you. Thanks very much, James.
0: Thank you for listening to today's episode. And of course, thank you again to today's guest. We hope you've enjoyed today's Inside Marine. If you have, please support the podcast by subscribing and giving us a rating, as well as sharing across your social media. It not only helps us get a feel for our audience, but it really helps these stories to be found and enjoyed by many more people. You can also watch us on our YouTube channel, Inside Marine Podcast, and follow us on Instagram at Inside Marine Pod. Thanks again, and we'll see you next time for more great stories on Inside Marine.